Yes. 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 Number five. Are you kidding me? Alex broke the microphone. <laughs> As you do. Welcome back to This Is Gonna Hurt. I'm already bleeding. Fifth edition D&D podcast. <sighs> it's good Feels to be good. behind a microphone again. So listeners, we are a D&D podcast. We're five guys from Long Island. And we have been playing D&D for a little while. And we, you know, last year, actually, Craig pointed out that when we recorded session one of season one, it was for, well, for our time, because you're actually listening to a message from the past right now. We're actually doing this one a year minus one day from the, that didn't make any sense. It did. We did this almost a year ago. We started, so it's been one year. We were five guys who like to play D and D and Steve had some microphones and we said, Hey, let's record it and see if someone listens. And someone did. We got one listener. Great. <laughs> Thanks. Jerry. You're, you're the best. <laughs> uh, we are going to do some shout outs. We usually last season, we did those in the beginning. We're going to do them at the end today. We're going to do some shout outs. We're going to read some reviews that people have, have written to us over over this uh, this time, over this break. We love you all. We do, and we're, we'll give you, you the proper accreditation at the end of the session. Yeah. So before Ooh. I talk about what's new in season two, because there are some things... We Wait. are going to go around the table. <laughs> this is not the same. We're not like just redoing the whole story from season one. I thought we were starting over. The remaster. Dude, I told you guys yeah, to watch right. Westworld. It's all Western now. Oh. Um, <laughs> season three will be um, Samurai. <laughs> That's right. Season four is all space. I just That's re- right. I just rewatched Firefly, so I don't get it. See, so you got to wait two more seasons. to outer space. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we are going to go around the table. I'm going to have these four handsome men. They're going to introduce themselves they're going to tell you the character that they played last season and the character they should be playing this <laughs> season as well as any cool things that they might have uh, any any new perks maybe that they might have gotten over the break i don't want i don't want you to talk too much about what's happened to your character they've been gone for a year i'll get into that in a second but if you got some some cool new item or some some cool new spell or some cool new perk for this this recent level they just leveled up to 6 you can share just like one thing maybe with the group also we also start each session with a question we're going to keep it simple for our first session of season 2 and i want to know from these guys what is the thing you are looking forward to most about season two of This Is Gonna Hurt. So I'm gonna turn it to my left, which is Craig. Oh. Hi, everybody. I'm Craig. I play Windark Athesis, the Dragonborn Bard Baron. Um, one fun little thing that I got was a shield. So I'm not gonna die as often. As often. As nice. often. I mean, I'm still probably gonna walk off of roofs and whatnot. Anyway. Um, what I'm most excited about for season two, honestly, the story, I'm looking forward to it and I want to see what, uh, elemental plane we go into next. That makes me happy. Cause I'm excited too. Alex. Hey everybody. Uh, this is Alex. I play Korath Orthane, uh, Korath Earthforged Orthane. Fancy. Uh, Goliath Paladin level six. Uh, I accidentally forgot to update that on my sheet. It says level five, but it's level six. I swear. Doesn't count anymore. Sorry. Oh you're, no. You're... <laughs> oh no. The race is uh, gone. No. 
Oh, how are we gonna eat? <laughs> you had no, six I'm rices, now you've only got five rices. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> I am one rice grain short from dying. I am That's good. pretty jazzed about my... I got a belt of dwarven kind <gasps> over the break. What does so, that do? Well... What's the coolest thing it does? The coolest thing it does is every day you get a 50% chance of sprouting a glorious dwarven-esque beard. Oh. That is sick. <laughs> <laughs> that is sick. And, uh, can you speak dwarvish now? Yeah, I can. Dude, we can speak to each other. Oh, so I haven't, I've never been able to speak to Lorthamar before. <laughs> <laughs> now it's a whole new level. <laughs> Yeah, so Koreth uh, now has a beard, and I, I just was I was thinking about it just last night, and he's so he's big gray, and he has <laughs> blue streaks all over his body, so he essentially looks like the blue version of the new uh, Kratos design from yeah. the new God of War uh, trailer. So yeah. Just like, so Kratos, if he joined the blue man group. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Nice. We're not blue. So, I mean, he's, you're, not, you're, he's, you're, got, he's got gray he's got streaks with and blue, splotches. Yeah, with blue it's, splotches. It's a rock with a beard. Nice. <laughs> Impressive. I mean, Impressive. now I actually am part rock. <laughs> That's actually kind of yes. true. Wow. You severed my foot and uh, gave me a rock. No, not your foot, your leg. My leg, okay. Below the my leg. My knee. My leg. Welcome to the SpongeBob podcast. Welcome back to the SpongeBob podcast. Do that actually at the end of season one. We no, I don't think anyone said it. No, I don't think so. It's probably better that we didn't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> considering how serious that was supposed to be. Yeah. So there's a bunch of other cool mechanics, uh, like actually affecting gameplay. But uh, really, come on, the beard. Are you kidding? That beard is going to affect gameplay. <laughs> they're going to walk into towns and they're going to be like, "Here are our wives. They are they are your wives now." Like, <laughs> and I can't even shave it. If I if I like cut it off, it will just like grow back. And that's right. Now he's just a big human. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like Tim Allen. Maybe you get advantage on yes, charisma like checks. like Tim Allen from the yeah. Santa Claus. He's, I'm I'm the charisma based character, but Korath advantage on now. charisma checks. Right? That's, that's right. what beards give you. Yeah. I get well. I get advantage on charisma checks with dwarves. I, if I'm I like talking it. to dwarves. We nice beard you got. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm I'm excited for figuring out who the mysterious person Korath had that vision about at the end of season one. He did have a vision, that is true. Yeah, he 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 was in the body of a woman. That was strange. It took him a little bit of time to <laughs> get behind it. <laughs> to finish up. <laughs> so he was like You're gonna confuse our listeners. <laughs> I'm done. Cool. <laughs> Hi guys, this is Steven. I play a friendly little gnome named Brimley Coral Baloran Olaward. He's a Tempest Cleric Diviner. I get I get the coolest title. No, you have the longest title. Yeah. <laughs> Shut it. There's a difference. It is it's pretty cool. Um, Are you compensating for something? His height. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's always his height. <laughs> so Cool thing I got over the break was this thing called a periapt of wound closure. I have no idea if I'm saying that right. No, you got it. That's that's it. Yep. All right. Cool. Let's me not die, which I need. So that's pretty cool. Think the thing I'm looking forward to most about season two. You're not. <laughs> not excited at all. Is it ending? Um, Jeez. No. The the thing I'm looking forward to the most about season two is meeting some new NPCs that we can really get behind, like Toko. And Oboth and those other are, people. Those would be old NPCs. Right, but some new ones. Oh, I like, see. We're going to meet new yeah. people. Gotcha. And see how, how 
creative Owen really is. Gotcha. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> That's me. Thanks. First of all, I just want to say my mic smells weird. I don't know why. I'm pretty close to it. It just smells weird. It, like, very metallic. Anyways, hey guys, <laughs> I'm glad it smells like that. dude. That well, that's so we're gonna talk later about we we have a, a Patreon, so we need money so we can buy wood mics, yeah. and then it won't smell, smell metallic. <laughs> It'll be nice oak. Oak. them all in beard oil all yeah. the time. It'll be cedar. <laughs> all right, so hey guys, I'm Jeremy. I play Lorthmar Theron, a level six Eldritch Knight fighter. Let's see. I guess it's pretty cool. Items that I have gotten or things that I feel like are pretty cool. I have a magical weapon now, so I won't feel completely useless in every fight regarding magical enemies. That's so bad in the last like, two, or two sessions. Uh, it was like every session halfway through the year on. Like, he couldn't uh, do anything. He just sat there. True strike. True strike. Enemies, yeah. enemies get stronger. So, so hopefully this season will be... I'm looking forward to doing damage. And again, uh, again, also, uh, just being dark and mysterious as always. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm most interested in the story. Lorethamar will be bringing to the table. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what'd you do? Nothing. Lorethamar, take Talk your hood down at the table. Shut up, mom. You don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> so my name is Owen. I am the DM. And I can't express how excited I am to be playing this game again. We did a bunch of really neat interviews over the break. And the last one I did was talking about the history of a troon and just it, man, it got my brain going and I'm really excited to bring this story into its second season. Before we start, I want to talk about some things that are going to be slightly different. Season one was in some ways, a, a trial, you know, we, we'd, we'd never done a podcast. It was my first time DMing for a, for a long period of time. So uh, there are some things I, I want to kind of change. I want to rectify a little bit. During the last season, we had black poker chips and they served a function. Their function is about to change. I'm not going to tell you what the old function is because it doesn't matter. You need to know the new function. <laughs> the way this is going to work, each player is going to get one black chip. Thank you. One, two, you. three, four. These black chips are to be used to be cashed in when another player does something exceptionally cool, which is similar to what it did last time. But the way it's going to work now is you don't hand it to the player and be like, here, save this for later. You hand it to me to cash in in that moment when that player is doing something cool. And the thing that it aids is that thing that it's, they're doing that's really cool. These epic moments, they have to be a D20 roll. So if someone's like, I do a really cool jump and it involves a D20, you can be like, I, oh, Steve's doing this cool thing. I cash in to help Brimbley. will be doing the cool thing, really. I cash in this black chip to aid Brimbley. And in that moment, you know, you can't save it. You have to just roll with advantage, roll two dice. Cool. Description is key. Roll two dice and take the better of the two. Last thing about the black chips is this. Theoretically, at the end of the session, the four of you should have no black chips left. They don't roll over to the next session. You will start every session with a new black chip. So you should use all four of them. If you don't, there will be consequences. I want you to use them because I want you to do well. Thanks. Signed, your dad. <laughs> Thanks, dad. I knew you were listening. I also have three green chips. I don't have four. I have three. 
These are inspiration tokens, just like last time. If a player does something that I think is cool, I will give them a green chip. I'm not really shooting for funny on this one. I'm going more for epic. Do an epic thing, and I might reward you with green. Now, sometimes silly can be epic, but, but not always. Um, I only have three, and when you get one, you can save it to when you want to use it. It does go away at the end of the session, though, so I recommend you use it. Last change for the green chips. It's not a reroll any longer. It is before you do an action, you can cash in your green chip, and then you can roll with advantage. So you have to use it before you do the action. Understood? Yes, they add. Got it. Okay. And then in terms of the chips, the last change is there is now a red chip. Oh. The red chip has a mysterious function, which you will learn if you earn one. To get a red chip... You have to blow my mind with epicness. <laughs> the gauntlet has been thrown. And that gauntlet is a chip. And the gauntlet is a chip, exactly. <laughs> Not as much damage if you think of it that way. <laughs> gauntlet, chip. In a second, I'm going to recap the story. But before I do, I went out and made a purchase. What is that purchase? What did you buy? Last season. What are you buying? On this is going to hurt. What we had an advantage you? die and a disadvantage die. One was black, one was white. I went out and, and got different ones. Ooh. Are they bigger? They are bigger. Whoa. They're a lot bigger. Those are huge. Very So we nice. have a, it's a 55 millimeter die. The green one is advantage. The red one is disadvantage. Wow. Season two. That's that's a hefty dice. That's something. That's a whole lot of D20. Can you see why I did my happy dance when I saw the packages here? I didn't know if it would make it in time. That's a whole lot of D. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hefty D. <laughs> so we're going to leave these here. <laughs> oh. We're going to leave these here at the corner of the maps. That is weighty. Oh my goodness. Oh, my Bahamut. You just took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, right out of Windar's mouth. Oh, my Bahamut. You took, you just broke like four walls. Four walls. You broke eight walls. No, 16 and walls. 16 walls? Yeah. And you broke my esophagus and trachea and then Windar's <laughs> to pull the words out. And now of I'm actually going to do it. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Crit fail. <laughs> On the advantage, crit though. Fail, anyway. Yeah, crit so fail. So crit fail, crit fail, gonna roll a crit fail. Any other changes? We're gonna make another small change. I am going to be rolling skill checks for these guys. So they're gonna tell me what their modifier is. I will roll it and then I will, I won't tell them what they got, but I'll tell them what happens. And that's just something, something new we're gonna do. We'll talk more about this at the end, but we have a healthy schmear of social medias. The original ones we had from season one are our Twitter and our Instagram which you can follow us at Gonna Hurt D and D. I have I have my own private one for the podcast as well. Gonna Hurt DM. You can message me if you want to speak to me privately. We also have emails. So I am happy to recap season one really fast. Here we go. We have four adventurers: a dragonborn, a Goliath, a gnome, and an elf. They came to the country of Etrune on a boat, and they all had their own motivations and things that they planned on doing, but they were thrown into a story, which I'm happy they went along with because otherwise it would have been a pretty boring podcast. This elf that they met, his name was Galandan. He pretty much brought them into this 
this story, which goes something like this. The people of Etrune believe in this God called the Monarch, and they think that he's a really cool guy. But the truth that the adventurers discover is that he's actually sucking the souls of the Etrunian dead to power himself. The Monarch, he was betrayed by his three friends in ancient days, and basically his power, which was sealed away into four elemental planes, it's beginning to break and come loose, and these adventurers, they just sealed away the power of Earth, which was conveniently tucked away in the elemental plane of air. Yeah, so they stepped out of this tower and decided to go their own separate ways because the next cage hasn't really, it hadn't really become loose yet. So they decided to go their own separate ways, do what they're going to do and wait until something happens. And along the way, they met some interesting characters. They met, there's these uh, powerful guys called the 12 hands of the monarchy. They're the personal bodyguards to the king. And they met a few of those, some notable ones, Aegisar Rorak. There's Dira Haytham. Windar's got a little bit of a crush on her. Uh, Oboth is a little bit nuts. Uh, they met some other people too. There's Galen Dan. Oh, Solus. They met Toko. Oh yeah, there's Solus. He was one of the 12. My homie. And those are, those are a bunch of the NPCs that they met and we'll see where things go from there. So I want everybody to take in a deep breath for me. <laughs> Breathe out. <sighs> All right. What you are breathing in is not the air of my apartment. Thank Craig, what you are smelling through the draconic nostrils of one Windar Cathesis, you smell the hot and dry air of the desert, that earthy smell in the air, and you are looking at a town, a village, I should say. You're standing in the archway leading to town, and you are staring at about a hundred villagers with pitchforks and torches and rakes in their hands and they're shouting things like, you damn lizards! <laughs> and you see one guy holding his like 20-something-year-old daughter and just stay away from that daughter, you lizard! They're yelling things like that at you. Do I have to go that way? Now, no, no, you, you're, you're leaving. Okay. You're, you're, you're leaving <laughs> town. <laughs> Slim pickings anyway. Much by force. And so you, you know that you could, you know. You could probably massacre every one of them, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know if Windar would do that or not. It's but you, 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 you feel like you know what? You're you're a level six bard now. You could take them, but barbarian. You are a barbarian. That's true, and you have a jagged evil sword. Not it's not evil. You have a, you have a jagged sword that has the spirit of a of a long dead warrior. Yep. But you know, I, I don't. I think I think in your heart. You'd, you'd stare into the eyes of this, you know, 20-something-year-old girl that you knew <laughs> over the course of however long, and, and I don't think you'd want very, to murder her whole family. Very closely. Yeah. <laughs> so. He could, but he won't. All right. So what do you do? Um, he just keeps walking. He turns, he turns, kind of looks back and just makes sure no one's following him and just kind of puts a hand up behind him. Well, just kind of puts a hand up like... Um, he's walking straight and he does like the typical anime walking away like <laughs> yeah. eh, just think of Spike from Cowboy Bebop. I knew exactly what you were. <laughs> yeah. And so you, you begin walking and, and not five minutes later 200 feet in front of you you see a horse. Roll me a perception check. Oh, I'm going to roll your perception check. What's your perception? New mechanic. What's your perception bonus? Four. Four. So you see on this horse a man 
He's wearing a long sleeve yellow tunic. He's got a brown vest on, and he's wearing what appears to be a leather cap. And he's just just heading towards you. I have no problem with him. All right. Uh, it, wait, is it is it morning, evening, afternoon? It's the afternoon. Oh, that changes everything. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the proper greeting. Afternoon, stranger. Well, he's he's pretty far away from you, and he's about a hundred feet away. You see him raise his arm into the air, like I, like I'm doing right now. Uh, I stop and kind of count his arms. I I, I count his arms. <laughs> I he I, has two. I, I I put myself in like kind of a blade position, like I'm just getting ready just in case. Like you're getting you ready. made yourself very sharp. Is that a blade yeah, position? I, I, be, I became very sharp. I'm okay. Blade. Are you getting ready for the the Bautu Jutsu? Yeah, Bautu Jutsu. Bautu Jutsu. He puts his arm down, and you see him just slowly move his hand onto his belt, and he's about fifty feet away from you. And when he's about fifty feet away from you, he calls out to you. Are you not Windark Ephesus? And if I am? Bear your sign, you fool. And you see that his sleeve is actually pushed up, and you see that he has a symbol on his right arm. It is the symbol of the secret order you've been working for. It is a... Um, you can look on our Instagram. It will be on my Instagram as well. It's actually... I realize it's not there. It looks something like a, a jagged breast cancer ribbon with a circle in the middle, and he and you see you see it on his arm. Windark stands there kind of agape like... oh. oh. Oh, uh, uh, and he, he goes, he, go, he goes to his right forearm and he pulls off a bandage that he has wrapped around it. And he, he's, he's like cautiously showing it to this guy because he doesn't really know who he is. And this is like the first time in a long time he's heard right. anything like that. So, so you see him kind of click his sword. That's what his, he was doing on his belt. You see that it was pulled out an inch. You see him click his sword back into its sheath and he hops down from his horse and he begins to walk towards you and he holds his arm over your arm and when they're six inches away from each other they both glow sky blue no one told us about this what what is this without another word he reaches into his vest and he hands you a small note and then while you when you're making eye contact with the note you look up and he's already getting back onto his horse and he's turning and he's beginning to go back in the direction he came kind of figuring that this is this isn't really known, and it's a big deal, probably. He, uh, Windar just points at the guy mm-hmm. and casts message. Sure. And shouts in his mind, wait, wait, what, what did that do? Why did you, what, what is this? Why would you put your arm over, the, over me? How'd you find me? Who are you? He just continues to gallop away. Or not gallop away, but trot. He trots Ooh, away. He's giving you the silent treatment, boy. Windar does like devil horns. That's like his message points. Jerk. <laughs> and just, yeah, turns around. All right. So and you have this note. Yes, I do. Yep. You can open it. Okay. <laughs> it's yours. <laughs> can I read it out loud? If you'd like to. You spelled my name wrong. No, I didn't. There's two R's. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're in my name wrong in everything. <laughs> Control F. Um, Replace all. Windar, meet me at the bar of the Barking Bard in the city of Stromoles on the 29th of Decene. Oh, no. But it's better not burn my hand. And so you see a, you see a little leaf in the bottom, and it's the Eternian symbol for G, which for anybody who was curious is uh, an X in Etrune. And as soon as you read it, the G begins to glow green. Holy crap! And the note 
burns up. That was what? awesome. Why didn't we get that on video? That was so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> listeners. You have more of that paper? Can you tell the listeners what happened? <laughs> Owen literally just, he held the note out in front of us and was so nonchalantly, as you heard, and then the note, and he lit the thing on no, fire, and it just just was engulfed in flames. It was like flash paper or it something. It was... It was awesome. It is it's also paper. now stuck on our map. It's <laughs> that is fantastic. Pretty, I'm pretty sure he lit a fire in an apartment that doesn't have very good. It was a anything as far as and shag carpet. And shag, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it was flash paper. My 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 coworker and good buddy Hoos. He's a uh, magician, and so he oh. gave me some. And I wouldn't do it over the map again. Okay. What? That was so cool. So, it's bigger when it's folded, but right. That was awesome. That was so cool. <laughs> Season two. Who's the most? Thanks, Goose. Holder. Thanks, Goose. So it burns up in your hand, and we kind of pan up on Windar, kind of Grand Theft Auto style. We kind of just pan up to the sky, and we look, and we see the top of his head. And then we zoom in from above onto the head of one Korath, Earthforged Orthane, standing at the edge of a cliff with a majestic beard. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine camera, the camera pan, is like coming from behind and like it pans around. And he just like waves his <laughs> beard. <laughs> <in> his <hair. laughs> Holding his beard up to the side. <laughs> beard Baba. <laughs> Divine beard. You are looking out at the world from atop a mountain. As you do. The full moon piercing the night sky. While you're standing, an elf walks out to you. He, you know him to be like the, the master of this citadel of the Brotherhood of the Timeless. He comes out to you and says, Korath, why do you come here every night to stare out into the cliffs? That's a really good question. <laughs> you think it's going to be deep. Because <laughs> it is. <laughs> Hashtag deep. <laughs> I just find it pretty. <laughs> I stare out into the cliffs every night because it brings me closer to the idea of what I need to do to save this, all of this, and save what is important to me. Yes, I'm, I'm sorry that we... Can't be of more use to you, Brotherhood of the Timeless, at this moment, cannot directly aid you in what you need to do. We wouldn't want the Etrunians to believe that we were against them in any way. But you're a valued member of our order. We will support you in any way that we can. It's appreciated. Take your maul. I, I, I was... Pl- I was pl- Take I was pl- your axe. <laughs> oh. The safety of Etrun is in your hands, Korath. And he just turns and he, and he walks away. It's at that moment you hear. Korath stutters for a minute, forgetting that he had the speaking stone. And then he's like, oh yeah, that's what was in my pocket. Pulls out the speaking stone. Sending, sending stone, stone. Whatever. <laughs> sending stone and puts it up to his ear. You hear a message. It says, Korath, meet me in the bar of the Barking Bard. In the city of Stromals, on the 29th of Decine. G. What has happened? And we pan up from Korath. We see the top of his shiny dome 
<laughs> and the bottom of his majestic beard. And we <laughs> zoom down on Brimbley. Very, way down. It is. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. It is. Red chip, please. Morning. <laughs> Not even close. It is morning time. And Brimley is sitting in a little hilly forest next to a little wood cottage, sitting on a log. And next to him is a beautiful Aragonasi woman who has bluish white skin, storm gray hair. You know her to be Stumra. And you're just making casual conversation over breakfast. And she just says, oh, I'm so happy, my little gnome. Me too! <laughs> this is awesome! <laughs> This is why you tuned in, listeners. <laughs> Brimley, think think of the good we've done this year. It's it's just been it's just been the best year. We've done a lot. Like we helped those people. Yes. I I mean I helped those people. You were there too. I'm oh. sorry. That was you. We're equal equal partners. My silly little no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take she says she says wait I was did you say did Brimley take up drinking yeah. like he ever like put it down I'm like, like constant like constantly drinking like he wakes up and there's an IV of scotch it was great he did choose a modest no no you chose a comfortable lifestyle over the break right was yes. it modest no it was modest it was modest <laughs> alright so she says to you I picked you for a reason, Brimley. I picked you for a reason. And just, this this would kind of happen just at, on a day-to-day basis, you know, maybe, but animals would just come in and out of the woods. I can speak with animals. Yeah, you can. And so this, this deer comes out of the woods. You know what? I'm going to say this stag comes out of the woods. Difficult helmet. No. I'm just, a, I'm just <laughs> the kind of dumb jokes to lose you inspiration. Like, <laughs> I'm just imagining like everything's so nice and peaceful, and it's like really pissed off. Stag comes out of nowhere. It's like stares firmly down. You want to know why I hate Santa Claus? Hey, you, you want me a jingle bell? Continue. Continue. I'm sorry. So, so this stag steps forward, and it begins to move towards you. Hi, Ken. I haven't seen you in a couple weeks. How's Martha? Oh my Ken, which is apparently the stag's name. Most noble of the stag names. The forest the deer. Yeah, Ken. Ken, you see his eyes begin to glow green, and then his whole body shimmers emerald. And you see him lift his head to the sky. And a voice comes out of Ken, one that you don't recognize as Ken's. And you hear, Brimley, meet me in the bar of the Barking Bard in the city of Stromals on the 29th of Decine. G. That! Galandin! Galandin's talking through deer now! And then he walks back into the forest. Ken! We haven't had breakfast in weeks! Let's have brunch! Get Martha! Get the kids! Babysat? I don't know what you have to do. Call a sparrow. But we should hang out. And you then can't just drop that off and leave, man. And then 
you see like it's panning up just as like a doe and some little deerlings come out of they're called fawns three little fawns deerlings you're like the Pokemon yeah there you go they come out of the woods and and they they sit down to breakfast and we pan up on Brimley and we we focus on a sign in the city of Stromals lakeside city and one of the great lakes of Etrun the flap outside looks like a loot and on the loot is a dog barking board yeah it's a little uh, it's a little uh, Jack Russell Terrier it's all white and we we the door opens and we move inside and sitting on a stool with a loot in his hands sits an elf what and he's got white hair which means it's not Lorthamar. <laughs> um, I'd be surprised. Me too. <laughs> at another stool at the bar, in the bar of the Barking Bard in the city of Stromals, it happens to be the 29th of Decine, is Lorthamar. He received no such message. <laughs> he comes here to eat his favorite food, which they prepare here because it's a elf-run establishment and that favorite food is uh elven pancakes it's not on your character sheet it's there that would be so funny um it's especially prepared uh venison alongside of this plant that is only grown in elvish territory they import it at this bar so you you go there because it's the only place to be honest in a true that you've seen this this uh, vegetable, this herb. So you're sitting there, you're listening to this musician, he's kind of finishing up his set. So let me paint you the picture of the bar of the Barking Bard. It's a it's a fine, finely polished bar. The tables of mahogany are, are clean and shiny. The bartender, shaved head, thick handlebar mustache. He's wearing a, a white shirt and a black vest and he's got those black armbands on the upper part of his arm that you see old-timey bartenders wear sometimes and he's polishing a glass and he's making polite conversation with you. The bar is filled with young women in their 20s. They're watching this musician. I just want to describe this elf musician for a second. He's got kind of like an oversized lute. It's like a, a lute, but it's, it's bigger. You see it's got six strings, actually. It doesn't have the usual number of strings that a lute has, which who knows? Four? Yeah, Four, maybe. Um... Anyway, here's Wonderwall. Yeah, oh God! <laughs> so this elf, he's 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 really cool looking. Mystical. He's barrier. like um, you he he's got that real celebrity vibe. He's got that cool haircut where the top is like straight and long, but the sides and the back are like almost clean shaven. You know that look of the hair. He's got white hair. He's got black eyebrows, and he's got thick black eyelashes. You don't know if it's just how he was born or if he spices them up a little bit to to seem mysterious. He's wearing a a white tunic. It's a short sleeve shirt. He's got like black leather pants on and he's wearing no shoes. And he's sitting on a stool and he's and he's finishing up. He's playing the song. And, and when he finishes, the girls, they go nuts. And, and he says, oh, th- thanks. Thank you, ladies. I, I'll be I'll, I'll be right back. I'm just going to go get a drink. And he puts his loot down and he walks over to the bar and, and he goes, oh, man, Lorthamar, I just like making music, man. And you know this man to be the owner and proprietor of the bar of the Barking Bard. His name is Keck. And he's just like, man, it's just any day that I can be making music. Ah, oh, it's just such a good day, man. And he just sits down next to you and he and he starts doing stuff. How do you spell his name? K-E-K. Keck. Tough Keck. Tough Keck. 
Top kick? <laughs> Don't worry about it. And he, and he just sits down and he starts chatting with you. You know, what do you, what do you talk about with this guy? You, you know this. You, you come here. I'm, I'm thinking you come here. I mean, you can tell me otherwise. I think you'd come here at least once a week to get this dish because it's, it's the only place in a tree yeah, you've seen. Absolutely, yeah. That's got it. For sure. <laughs> um, so, so how's business been, Kick? Dude, you know what? It's just like every day's a dream, man. <laughs> how's life been for you? How, how, how have your, uh, you know, your, your buddies been? You know, things have been... You know, rough. A lot of hard work. A lot of yeah. I can imagine. Thanks yeah. for doing that, by the way, man. I appreciate it. And he and he just like a little twirls a little finger, and the the bartender he he pours you a drink. And he slides it to you, and he goes, "Oh yeah, right." And then Keck reaches out and he grabs it and he does the shot. <laughs> he, he knows you well. He knows you don't drink. And he's like, "All right, man. Uh, that's cool." And then the door swings open, and Brimley the gnome oh. walks in. <laughs> To the bar of the Barking Bard. Do my eyes deceive me? <laughs> Is that Mortimer the Ron? Buddy? Ripley is the SpongeBob of a troop. Kek, you must get this thing out of here. Why? Come What's on. his deal, man? He looks he's, Kek, he looks like a cool little Kek, gnome. Trust me. <laughs> hey. Kek, just trust me. Hey, man. Withmar, I've known you for I've known you for like six months now. I I know that you overreact sometimes. <laughs> Come on. Kek, if you let this gnome in this bar, <laughs> it will never be the same. <laughs> I'll, I'll go I'll go find out. And he comes over and he he walks up to you and he's like, "What's up, man? What's up, little gnome?" And he gives he reaches out to you a little fist bump. All the girls, by the way, have just like turned their heads and they're just watching you like you're a TV show. While he's distracted, I want to hide. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that. Okay. All right. So oh, uh, what's your what's your uh, what's your sneak or your stealth, whatever we call it in five e? Uh, plus five, but I get advantage to stealth checks. I'm wearing boots of Elven kind. All right. Can I talk to Kick? Brimley, what's your uh, perception? My passive perception? No, your perception. Oh, plus two. Yeah, you, Brimley, you see Lorthamar get up and like shiftily start to like <laughs> inch away. Hey, um, Keck, right? Yeah, what's up, man? Not much. How's it going? Dude. I don't, well, I really want to talk to you, but I can see Lorthamar and he's trying to sneak away. And I we know. Pan back and he's like, still <laughs> shifting slightly. I just, like, I, I, I do really want to get to know you, but I just, he's, you Yeah, know. it seems like you got a, a little bit of a scattered history with, with, with Lorth, but dude, go do it up, man. Thanks, man. All talk right. Talk to you later. He gives you another fist bump. Fist bumps it up. All right. He, he walks and he goes and he picks up his guitar. And just, just, just so you guys know that his song sounds like this, it goes, jing, 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 ding, 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 and it kind of repeats like that for a little while. That's what a song sounds like. Most songs repeats after a while. Yeah, songs. Um, was that their theme song? No, I don't know. Okay, that would have been cool though. That would have been cool. Nah, that'd be cool. He's not Lilithist though. So, ah. Brimley's gonna make his way over to Lorthamar. Hey, man. I, I didn't know you were gonna be here. Did Galandan come tell you to come here, too? 
He spoke to me through a deer, which is weird. I like I knew this guy. I hung out with him for like seven, eight months. He brought his family around all the time for brunch. I just I don't. It was it was a weird thing. And Gal and Dan's voice came out of him. He glowed Where green and shimmery, gone? and it was just like, dude, what are you doing? I've enjoyed this year so much. <laughs> so um, you know, didn't you miss me? <laughs> wow! No, I did not receive a note from Gal and Dan. Oh, you just hang I, out here? I come here. Is this your place? Regularly. Does they know you? Everybody knows your name? As as you have You're probably heard from Keck. Yeah. Uh, he knows me, yes. That's cool, man. So what, what have you been up to? So. Tell me the deets. <laughs> Give me the uh, the day to day. Minute to minute. Give me it all. Tell me what's been going on. Do you think the other guys are coming here too? I haven't talked to them I in like months. So. It's kind of crazy. I certainly hope they're coming too. Dude, do you have a second sword? Yes. That's cool too. Where'd you get it? I bought Did it. Did you get new armor too? No. No, just a sword? Just a sword. Is it the same kind of sword? Yes. Get two rapiers? Two short swords, but close. Oh. Okay. That's cool, man. It's good to see you. It's good to see you too. <laughs> I think Brimley would keep all right. going on like that for a while. Like all of a sudden, Lurthmar takes up drinking. <laughs> the door swings open, and one Windar Cathesis walks into the bar of the Barking Bard. Hey, that sounds pretty good. They go over and watch Keck play. Kind of saunter over, and there are a bunch of girls hanging around. So when I kind of awkwardly stands there, like, like, oh god, oh god, oh god, like he's out of place. Yeah, well now now you're here. His song is a little different. It goes. That's what his song goes the second time. His hand starts itching, but he doesn't he doesn't want to do anything stupid, so he he, he just stands there and, and just enjoys the music. He goes, dude. What? Pull out that veal. Come on. And he and he Are you are you sh- No, I I I can't. This is I can't. This is you. This dude, is you, come man. on. <laughs> and then they, then they all see you and all the women they see you and they're like, like, yeah, yeah, join him, join him. Keck's the best. Yeah, yeah. Woo. I go from copper to silver. <laughs> I picture it like it drops to like it like there's a line that starts at your head and it just <laughs> so you're com- bronze you're not copper oh well bro- alright bronze so I'm sorry you're a chameleon yeah. <laughs> uh, um, that's why you didn't recognize him when he first walked in you come and go <laughs> oh my god alright <laughs> oh, 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 and I, I I pull out my veal and I have a plus eight to performance. You do, huh? I'm so, I'm so scared. I'm going to get a crit fail. There's a point where your music and Keck's music, it rises to such, with such a crescendo that there's a point where you and he are back to back throwing down the fiercest, sickest beats that can be thrown down. And and the crowd sees that on Keck's arms, there's actually these, like, these tattoos that they spiral down his arm while he's playing. And it's this musical scale. And there's notes on that scale, but instead of little 
blotches that is the bottom of a note. They're little, they're little doggy paw prints. Oh. And they and they spiral down like like in response to the jam session. <laughs> and you you both finish and you're just profusely sweating. And the women and the men they don't even say anything. They stand their mouth agape, and then they just begin to applaud. Whoa. <laughs> I give you an inspiration <laughs> for throwing down with Keck. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I give I, I fist bump him. That was that was awesome. He dude. returns the favor. That was awesome. It, Windar. Windar Cathesis. You know my whole name. <laughs> <laughs> I I barely know you. I, I haven't heard your sultry voice in a year. Can you, can you give me your catchphrase? So, bro. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I hug Brimbley. I missed you. Gives him a big hug back. They applauded the hug too. Like, 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 the crowd's really worked up. And then, I, I, do I see Lorthamar? Yes. Sup, dude. He's just gone back to eating his dinner. <laughs> I don't know. Just put, he's like eating his dinner at the table. Windows behind him. Oh. He puts his hand up. Hello, Windar. I, 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 all right. For everyone who's watched the regular show, like when Mordecai and Ribby go, oh, and they kind of like point, like doing like this kind of thing. I do that to look tomorrow and use message and go, I'll stay over here, but what's up, dude? <laughs> Nothing much, just eating. <laughs> Brimley, you want a drink? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, All right. channeling a little valley girl there. <laughs> like, yes. Um, what what kind of alcohol are they serving at this fine establishment? Dude, this is uh, this is the bar of the Barking Bard, man. Can I get a glass of, like, the top shelf yeah. alcohol? Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Cool. Was there any, like, air elemental alcohol or something like that that I came accustomed to? I'm being From real. From the day we were there? I'm... <laughs> No. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> you uh, you actually were able to bring back with you a bottle. Okay. And they call it lightning shot. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I get I get Brimley and I a mead or just the top shelf alcohol. Yeah. All right. Keck joins you. I mean, after that, like, after that jam set, he's, he goes he's back buddy. to the bar. He actually puts down some water first, which is actually probably the classiest thing you can do because water, uh, water ain't cheap in a medieval world so yeah <laughs> puts back some water and then he uh yeah when you start ordering drinks you know he 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 just swirls his finger in the air like you know barkeep keep him coming hey. you are my man nah dude Thanks, and he points bro. at the bartender and he goes morton's the man oh my god morton is the man I he me. is he is quite the brewster let me tell you really gonna <clears throat> join windar and raising his glass i'll uh i'll, I'll, I'll do it with you. cheers guys yeah would Brimley know like the where his his temple was like located? Yeah. Like, would you have shared that information? Like, the oh, the citadel? No. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't share that. Probably not. Okay. No. I was just curious. You said it was called Light and Shower. Right? I mean, you did know that there was a citadel to the Brotherhood. Right. That's probably where I was room. actually heading so originally. If, anyway. If you, yeah, probably. <laughs> like, would you have like, shared? Like, hey guys, you, I'm gonna you go. You know, I don't know. It's up to you. If Gorath would have been straightforward and been like, I'm, this is where I'm gonna be. So it's, it's kind of up to you. No, I wouldn't have. All right. Okay. You said it was Lightning Shower, right? It's called Lightning Shot. Okay. I'm gonna, all right, I'll show you. As you pull out the bottle of lightning shot, the door swings open, and the hulking figure 
of one Korath Orthane walks in to the door. But they recognize me because I have a big bushy beard now. Like, should they make like perception checks? And if they crit fail, they <laughs> don't you, know who I am. Would you like to? I want them to. I want to see if they um, roll can, really low. Can I'm, I'm gonna call it a. I'm gonna call it a. Uh, is insight still a thing? Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. call it insight. What are your <laughs> What are your modifiers? Two, five, three. <laughs> I didn't like that face. Lorthmar kind of has his back turned right now, but it, you know maybe in your peripherals. You see Korath and uh, Windar pulling out his bottle of lightning breath, light, lightning shot. You see Korath. Brimley, <laughs> you just see a big dude <laughs> with a big old beard. <laughs> you, that guy has the same kind of weird leg that Korath has. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, Korath lost his leg and it, it was re- replaced with like an earth peg leg. That's right. Oh, my Brimley. <laughs> That is Korath. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not sure if you remember. No. Korath doesn't have a beard. Yeah, but wait, wait, Brimley. As far as I know, he can't Brim- grow hair. Brimley. <laughs> Brimley. No hair. You you also said swords don't talk and they do. No, I'm pretty sure I'm right on that one. N- no. When, when the swords do not talk. You, everyone heard. Wait a minute. No, everyone agreed with me. They knew this. <laughs> He, some of them know that swords can talk, but he's free to say whatever he wants to say. Lorthamar, you're, you're just being a wiener now. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a chuckle? After that exchange, I, I suppose, Korath walks in and Beezle, and, and he's he looks at everyone. He's just like, oh, you're already all here. You guys get a message too? Yep. But I'm the only one with a, with a sending stone. I got that flaming paper. Wait, I got not- a stag. Kenny, I I don't know what happened to him, man. It was weird. Alan Dan does weird stuff. This, I'm a little worried about him. This was my favorite place. <laughs> Lord Thamar didn't get a message. He feels left out. Oh, I'm sorry, Lord Thamar. Why are you here then? This was my favorite place. <laughs> oh, Korath walks up to the bar and he... We didn't we didn't say if there was a like a label that he was putting under the wine that he was making. But I, I think, like, he would go to the bar and just, like, see if they have any of that in stock. <laughs> you see the bottle behind the bar. <laughs> Korath's private wine <laughs> reserve. <laughs> Got a good distribution system. Man. Actually pretty close. I was, gonna, I, was, I was wondering if it was... Citadel's actually pretty close to uh, Strummel's. Just on the other side of a mountain range. Yeah. Uh, is this a little secret? I don't think so. Okay. Um, so I, I I think Korath would say like, oh, I'm from the, Cit- the Citadel Winery. Uh, I just want to see if you uh, have any in stock right now. <laughs> and he, he, uh, he goes, oh, yes, oh, yes, sir. And this is uh, Morton. Morton. He's one heck of a Brewster. And he uh, he grabs the wine. He goes, yeah, oh yes, would you, would you, Love it's, it's your, oh, it <laughs> pulls out like a goblet and he pours you some. Okay. How strong is that? <laughs> as strong as Korath himself. It's wine. Yeah, it's strong as wine. Uh, it's, from an al- it's from an alchemy jug. Yeah. <laughs> he'll, he'll keep drinking his top shelf, other alcohol. Huh? I'm, Windar's gonna take a sip. He's gonna, <laughs> mind if I try some? Of course. Thanks. 
So you're, you're all together, and I'm, I'm not going to stop the action. I just want to give you some more information, things that you'd know now that you're all together. You know that Atrune is has been rebuilding in this past year. Valorn uh, was damaged by earthquakes. Other cities were damaged by rock slides. They're, they're rebuilding fallen walls, destroyed homes, shattered lives of the people who had to flee from these cities. And across the nation, stories of these sleep stones begin to, uh, begin to stick up. And, and most of them, they all, these, these sleep spells that seem to be cast in the cities, uh, many towns have been afflicted by this. They all seem to have dissipated on the same day, with the exception of one, the Riverside Town, which dissipated a few weeks earlier than all the rest for whatever reason. And so people are, people are pretty hyped. There is peace in the nation, but there had been riots, you know, as, as kind of the, the people didn't believe the government was doing enough in the, in the wake of, you know, such crisis. And so, yeah, so you've, you've heard of riots, of vigilantes springing up in different nations and things like that. And the land today, in the past month or so, you've begun to notice this. The temperature seems to be warmer than what you would expect for Decine. Decine is the last month in the Etrudian calendar. It is kind of the beginning of winter. There has been no snow in Etrune, which they would get maybe one or two snowfalls by this time in the year. It's actually beginning to feel, it feels like spring. The water levels of the lakes and the rivers of the country, things that you would have passed, have been down a couple of feet lower than what they have been in the past. Even in the last month of the year, uh, the humidity is up. Water in small bodies of water have actually begun to, to emit a smell and taste of sulfur. And there are even rumors, rare as they may be, of random cracks, fissures in the ground that would open up revealing bubbling pools of lava, which have, you know, in the wrong place at the wrong time, there have been people who have been fatally destroyed by those, those pools of lava. Uh, there are reports of wildfires in both the northern and southern woods, and that is what you know is kind of the atmosphere of the nation of Etrune. I just want to throw that at you. You all knew that. You're back together now. Nice. That's why Cora's been wearing shorts. <laughs> We're looking at some uh, some really bad times again, you know. Yes, it was uh, just about time. I was just waiting for. Uh, Where's the G-Man? Yep. Galantan, the one-armed man. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, um, I was. I was in the elemental plane of air for a little bit because it was really nice there, but I, huh. found, I found this. Another bottle? Yeah. You collect bottles, we know. Well, no, this one has liquid in it. Oh. It's called, it's called Thundershot, if you guys want to give it a try. Lightning Shot, excuse me. I already had a little bit to drink. Where there's lightning, there's thunder. <laughs> Anyone want to try it? Love to. Hi. My name's Brimley. Have we met? <laughs> I'm giving you like half of a shot. Yeah, you've met Br Brimley. It's 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 wind dog. <laughs> oh my god. It's Kitty. <laughs> Here. Is is he serious? He didn't, he didn't know who you were. It's good to know you four haven't changed. 
And I behind feel like you, Obi Wan Kenobi <laughs> is an so elf civilized. with green eyes and dark hair, wearing green plate armor, a helmet at his side with antlers like a stag. He has a. You got your helmet back. You realize that's gonna turn into another thing, he right? He rolls his eyes at you. <laughs> he has a shield. Seemingly strapped to his right arm, and he has a spear in his left hand. I see you three received my messages. Lothmar, you must forgive me. I... Yeah, this is something. There's, it's, there's a prosthetic or something. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Lothmar, you must forgive me. I feared that if I told you these three would be coming... Uh... You seemed a bit of a flight risk. You can fly now. <laughs> I missed you. I, as, I, as you say. I appreciate the four of you being here. There is much we must discuss, but it is not safe here. Anyone could hear our conversations, and I must ask that we relocate somewhere a bit safer. I would very much like you to meet everyone. You're gonna have to wait till I finish my drink. How much have you had drink? A lot. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. As far as I know, Morton is just keeping it flowing. Yeah. And if we were there catching up for a little bit. Here's, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna say you, Brimbley, have had enough to drink that you are suffering one level of exhaustion. That is, you roll with disadvantage on skill checks. I'm cool with that. Okay. That is... Drunk. Drunk. If you get completely kershnickered, then you would suffer another one. But I'm okay. going to say that you... We're that, a drunk. That I'm regular good. drunk is one level of exhaustion. I'm good at drunk. So, Gallon Dan, the one-armed man turns on his heel, and he begins to walk out the door. Elf Owen. You're right. <laughs> Put my necklace away. Duly noted. Um, on their way out, so Brimley's gonna down whatever drink he's doing. Drink he's doing. Whatever drink he's drinking. And he's gonna start, like, following Gallandin out, but he's pretty small, so I guess people probably wouldn't get out of his way because they wouldn't see him. So he's kind of, like, bumping into people's legs and, like, trying to, like, push him out of the way as he goes. And as the slightly wobbly Brimley moves forward, Korath just picks him up by the Scruff of his shirt and just throws him on his shoulder. All right. I'd like to know what um, Windar wanted to do. Uh, as we're walking out, Windar just kind of wants, to, he's trying to just hear him more on conversation or just kind of look around his, just take a, just survey his immediate surroundings. Okay. To make sure no one's following them. You know what I mean? Oh, so you just you just want to be actively, yes, actively alert. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Sounds good. I'm not even going to roll anything for that. You You are on alert. So I noted everybody else walking out. Yes. I, I push my food towards Morton and I say, I, I lost my appetite anyways. Oh, and I talk to, I tell Keck, Keck, you can quote me on this. This is going to hurt. And as you turn and walk away, <laughs> and as you turn and walk away, Keck, loot in hand, says he, He's always saying that. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he begins to strum on his lute. 
And then the, your guys are out the door. That was pretty meta. Hey! <laughs> Hello, everyone. Gavin Dan here. Never mind. N- n- here, y- you take this. Oh, okay, okay. Oh. Hey, everybody. Lilifee's here from Lilifee's General Store. How y'all doing today, folks? Thanks so much for listening to this, what's it called? A podcast? Podcast? Well, and while you're waiting for the next episode, you can visit us on Facebook or Instagram or the Twitters, and you can look for usernames Gonna Hurt d and apparently, these dudes got a website called thisisgonnahurtdnd.com. You can email them questions or comments to thisisgonnahurtinfo at gmail.com. Hey guys, Owen here. So... We're making this podcast and enjoying doing it, and we don't ever want to make it sound like we're in it for the money, but the reality of it is we have to pay to host, we have to pay, we have a website now, there are things that we do pay for, and we'd love to do more, right? Get new microphones, and and there are things that we would like to do for you, the listeners, that do cost money. So we have a Patreon that we just set up. If you have some spare change lying around that you can donate, that's fantastic. If you don't, we totally understand. We will keep sending you This Is Gonna Hurt free of charge. If you go to our website, thisisgonnahurtdnd.com, you'll find a link to our Patreon. If you can't uh, help us out financially, again, that's totally okay. You can help us out, though, by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts, Podbean, uh, Stitcher, whatever it might be. And if you leave us reviews and you and you follow us, that makes it so that other people uh, see the podcast and it helps us to circulate. All right. Do you want the mic again, Gavin? No, no. Oh, he doesn't want it. Okay. 